Okay, like I said, it's good to be here with y'all today. And um, so it is, uh, we're, we're starting a new year. We're in January. I don't know where the last year went. Uh, life is like a vapor, isn't it? It just, you, I, the older I get, the more I realize that, uh, you know, how, just how vaporish life can be. Uh, last year felt like a vapor. It was a busy, a busy year, a busy time. The Lord did a lot uh, in our lives, and I'm sure they, He did in yours too. Uh, so I'm going to try to to um, to preach a message here today um, for a new year, for a new beginning, for um, for looking back on our lives. I think that. The Lord would have us to look at our at ourselves, to look inward, to look at our hearts and our minds, see where we're at in His walk, see where we're at uh, as we follow Him, and see if we're where we need to be, and are we where He would have us to be? And so that uh, you know, honestly, that should be the same thing, right? Where we want to be and where He'd have us be should be the same thing. So let's be let's let's uh, go in your Bibles if you've got your Bible. I hope you do. Don't come to church without your Bible, y'all. Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1. Beginning a new year and beginning in the book of Psalms, the first chapter. I'm going to start reading in verse 1, go through the entire chapter. If you can, I wish you would stand while I read the Word of God. The Bible says this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the living, living, well it doesn't say the living waters, by the rivers of waters, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chafe which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Father God, as we come to you today, Lord, on your day, Lord, a day set aside to worship you, to to study your word, to to lift you up, Lord, and and that's what we want to do here this morning, is to lift you up, to lift your word up, to empty our hearts of all the things that would distract us, to empty our lives of the things that that would be a hindrance to our walk with you, Lord, and that you would be our priority, as we go forth from this day into a new year and a new time, that you would be ever with us, that you would be our guidance, that you would be our path and the light to our feet as we go in the way that you'd have us to go. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm going to get something out of the way right up front. I am not politically correct, and the reason I'm not is because God is not politically correct, and the Bible is not politically correct, and the very first thing we find here that is very offensive to a lot of people today is that the Bible separates people into two categories. That's all. There are not more categories of people. There are not 
We're not separated. The Bible doesn't separate us according to race. It doesn't separate us according to anything except our belief and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only separation of people that matters to God. That's the only thing there is. That's all that matters. Listen, it's right here in black and white. There are those who trust Jesus, those who are in Jesus, those who refuse the counsel of the ungodly, and then there are the ones who don't trust Jesus, do not follow Jesus, and trust the counsel of the ungodly. Those are the two counsels that we have. We have God's counsel, and we have the world's counsel. Listen, I want to say to you today that the world's counsel has become much louder than godly counsel. I want to say to you here today, and I don't know you guys, but I know churches in general in Louisiana are falling away from the Word of God and falling into the counsel of the ungodly. And it's happening all around us. And I would dare say this, even not knowing any of you here today, I would say that all of us have in some sense taken in some ungodly counsel into our lives, maybe not even realizing that's what it is, but it is detrimental to us, to our families, to our churches, to our country. And it's the problem that we've got in this country. And as the church, listen, as the church of the living God, it is our responsibility to recognize these things. It's not the world's responsibility to recognize ungodly counsel. They know their counsel. They know where they get their counsel. It's not solid counsel. It's not grounded counsel. But they, they understand that it's not godly counsel, I believe. It's us, church, who should be able to recognize ungodly counsel, see it in our lives, in the lives around us, and understand how that is detrimental to the people around us. Do you love your neighbor? Do I love my neighbor? Do I love my neighbor enough to understand the sin in our lives is hurting our neighbor, is killing our neighbor, is taking our children down the path to drugs, to, to, to suicide, to depression, that all the evils, listen, and I'll say it again, all of the evils of this world that we lament, all of them, are from ungodly counsel. All of them stem from sin. Every evil, bad, hurtful, painful, every sickness, every, every addiction, every marriage that breaks up, every, every, everything, every child that causes you to cry because they're on the wrong path, everything bad that happens in this entire world stems from sin. And as such, as Christian people, as the church of God, he tells us that we are the ones, we are the ones, church, who should be able to recognize godly counsel, who should recognize ungodly counsel and steer our families away from it, steer our churches away from it, steer our neighbors away from it. When somebody comes to you and they want advice, my child is doing this, what do you tell them? Oh, it'll be okay. Everybody's kids doing that. No. What church people, Christian people should say is let's get in the Word. Let's get on our knees. Let's pray to the living God. Let's look for the counsel of God. And those are the answers. 
The answer will never come from the world. The answer will never, listen to me, the answer to sin will never come from a doctor, from a psychologist, from a politician. It will never come from any human being unless they're teaching the Word of God. Unless they get their counsel from this Word that I'm holding in my hand, then it's a lie. Then it's ungodly counsel. Then it's unprofitable to our lives. And the Bible says this, and we all want to be blessed. Don't we all want to be blessed? Don't we want our families to be blessed and our children to be blessed and our grandparents to be blessed? I want my community to be blessed. I would like my state to be blessed, my country to be blessed. I, I, I lament all the time. I, it makes me miserably sad to look around my country and to see that I live in a country that I love that is going in the way of the devil, that is going away from God, that is living in ungodly counsel and seeing our people, our people hurt, our people in pain, our people dying, our people with no hope. People with no hope. So we want to be blessed. But we've forgotten how to be blessed. Church, we are not blessed because we've forgotten how to be blessed. The Bible says this, Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Listen, he doesn't say, if you don't realize, if you bury your head in in the sand and you try not to know, if you pretend that you don't understand that it's wrong, if you pretend that it's right when it's really wrong, if you go find a new version of the Bible that tells you something different, if you go find a new preacher that won't preach the truth, if you go find somebody who agrees with you and justifies your sin, you'll be blessed. No, that's not what it says. And listen, in our day and time, you can get on that computer, and I don't do it, but people, you can get on your phone, and you can find somebody who will tell you what you're doing is okay. No matter what it is. But blessed is the man who won't walk in that counsel. Who refuses, listen to me church, who refuses to walk in the counsel of the world. Who looks and listens to the counsel of the world and realizes, who recognizes that is not of God. And because it's not of God, I will not be blessed if I walk in that. Listen, I don't, you know, drugs and alcohol and and premarital sex and divorce and, and all those things, those things are all evil. They're all not of God. But they all stem from something that's wrong inside me. Right? They all stem from something that's inside us. A rebellion toward God. A tendency, a tendency to listen to the worldly counsel. A tendency to to not want to listen to godly counsel. Because sometimes it's hard. The Bible says that the way that leads to heaven, listen, Jesus said that is a narrow, tough path to walk. It's not broad and crooked. It's not easy to find. It's narrow. It's in the person of Jesus Christ and following Excuse me. And following his teachings, following his life, 
wanting to be like him and not wanting to be like the world. Listen, I don't want to be like Tom Brady and I don't want to be like some musical star and I don't want to be like the president and I don't want to, I don't want to be like any, I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be famous. Listen, you know what I want to be? I want to be like Jesus. And Jesus was none of those things. Jesus wasn't rich. Jesus wasn't covetous. Jesus didn't chase after somebody else's wife. Jesus didn't do any of the evil things of this world. But you know what he did do? He provided a way for us to get away from all that. He provided a way for us to be blessed. Because of ourselves, we would never be blessed. Because of ourselves, we would always go away from God. We would always listen to the worldly counsel. But Jesus provided a way for us to be blessed in Him. But we cannot be blessed outside of Him. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. We have got church people all over our country who are walking in the counsel of the ungodly. A downward spiral we see here. Walking in the counsel of the ungodly and then standing in the way of sinners. Now if you begin to look at your life and you begin, and, and listen, I, I want to make one thing clear. This, there, there can be points in your life where you are all the way down the spiral, other points where you're part way down the spiral, and other points where you're just starting the spiral. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can have sin in your life that you're just getting started on, that you know that that's probably not a good thing, that I was taught that that wasn't right. I was taught by my grandparents that I ought not act like that. I was taught by my mama that I shouldn't say that. But then what happens after that? After you start ignoring some of that teaching, when you start ignoring the traditional ways, when you start ignoring the Bible that you know is there, then you begin... Not only to walk in those ways, but you begin to think, maybe I can justify this. Maybe I can find somebody who will agree with me that it's okay to have this relationship. Maybe I can find somebody who will say it's okay for me to shack up with my girlfriend. Maybe I'll find a preacher who's okay with marrying me when I'm shacked up with my girlfriend. Maybe I'll find somebody who will marry me to this man because I'm a man wanting to marry a man. Maybe I'll find somebody who says it's okay that, that the, the man doesn't raise his own children, that he shirks his responsibility and won't work. Maybe, maybe we'll find somebody who says it's okay for a woman not to follow her husband in her, in her marriage and the man shouldn't be the head of the house. Maybe we'll find a feminist. Maybe we'll find a homosexual. Maybe we'll, an absolute, you know what we'll find? We'll find all those things and many, many, many more. If we look for them. And you begin to stand in those things. You begin to think that it's okay. You begin to think that because there are enough people who agree with me, then maybe that's okay then. I can stand in this. I begin to be confident in my sin. I begin to be confident in the fact that I can choose my own way. That I'm able to, in my own mind, Work out for myself what is right and what is wrong. To work out in my own mind what I think is good and what I think is evil and what is good for me and what is bad for me. And I'm here to tell you today, if you don't ever hear it again, we, nobody in this room, including me, 
Everybody is not capable of deciding for yourself what is right and wrong. There's nobody in this room capable of doing it. There's nobody here who has the intellect. There is nobody here that has the foresight. There is nobody here who can do it. The only one who can decide right from wrong. The only one who can see the beginning from the end. The only one that knows everything about each and every one of us is God Almighty. And if He says it's right, then it's right. And if He says it's wrong, then it's wrong. And there is no in-between. There is no gray area. The Bible doesn't say it. It says there are two kind of people. My Bible begins this chapter. It says two men, two ways, two destinies. Listen, that's all there are. There are two kinds of men and women and there are two kinds of ways that they walk and there are two destinies and one is heaven and one is hell. One is through Jesus and one is with Satan. And there are no in-between. And then after you stand in the way and you begin to be confident in your sin, then you begin to sit in the seat of the scorners. Do you make fun of anybody for doing something godly? Have you ever made fun of somebody for doing something godly? And I'm talking to a church. And I don't know you. I hope it's not true. I expect there are people in this room who have made fun of people for being too godly. Trusting God too much with that illness and not the doctors. I've had people laugh at me for not watching rated R movies. Christian people who go to church every Sunday. Oh, you've got to watch this movie. I don't watch rated R movies. My family, oh no, no, you don't have to show it to your kids. No, I don't watch rated R movies. Oh, laugh, laugh, scorn. Listen, you should be afraid to sit in the seat of scorners. We should be afraid to laugh at somebody because they're trying to follow Christ. Oh, we should be afraid. My wife has been scorned because she has chosen a life to stay home and keep her home and raise her kids. Oh, don't laugh. Don't laugh. I've heard people laugh at people for, oh, they don't want to take their kids to the doctor. They're going to, oh, that's not good. That's evil. That's stuff. Oh, and I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, I'm saying you shouldn't laugh at somebody because they're trying to follow Christ. Because they're living in faith. Listen to me. That's dangerous. And it's all around us. People sitting in the seat of the scornful. Listen, we know the world's going to scorn. Oh, I know the world's going to scorn. I know that there's a world out there who will listen to my sermon and would laugh me under the seat. Who would scorn me and laugh and carry on and make fun. Brothers and sisters, I've been to churches who asked me to leave because I said women shouldn't be behind the pulpit. And when I opened my Bible and said, let me quote you some scripture, and this was only a few months ago, she says to me, 
I don't care what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says. Don't quote me scripture. Oh, church, where are we getting? Where have we come to? How did we get here? Listen, let me tell you how we got here. Because we began to walk in the ways of the ungodly. In the counsel of the ungodly. I remember when I was a child and a teenager. Y'all remember the womanless beauty pageants? Y'all remember that? Sometimes deacons, preachers, dressing in drag, having a drag show. Right? That's what it was. At the time, we didn't realize where we were going with that, did we? Did anybody? I don't know. I hope nobody in here ever done that. I remember seeing it. Those people didn't realize that's where this was going. Those people didn't realize that we were embracing an ungodly way of life, that we were listening to the counsel of the ungodly, and that a few short years later, it would be everywhere. It'd be accepted. That we'd have, we'd have actual supposedly pastors performing ceremonies, marrying men and men and women and women. Did we realize that? And listen, I, and, and if you were one of them, I'm using you for an example, yeah. But you should be ashamed of that, knowing that the Lord can forgive and knowing that we've got to move forward from there and leave that behind us and get to a place where we understand that was wrong. And listen, I hear so many people say, oh no, we want to justify it. No, I didn't realize. No, I didn't know. No, I didn't mean it that way. Yes, it was funny. No, there is no justification. It led us to a place we are today. Realize that. Understand that. Go away from that and say it's wrong. Church, we've got to begin to say things are wrong when they're wrong. No matter how that makes me look. If I've been married four times... It's wrong. I'm sorry, it just is. God can forgive us. I know that. But if we don't talk about it and we don't tell our kids, then what are they going to do? They're going to be married four times living in sin too. We've got to stop being so prideful, church, that we can't admit we're wrong and teach the right to the younger generations. Why are the younger generations so confused? They're like the chafe blown in the wind. Why? Because in so many things we are. So don't sit in the seat of the scornful. And it says, and so what are we going to do? What should we do? How do we recognize what is right and what's wrong? How do we recognize what's going to give us blessing and what's not? How do we know the difference in godly counsel and worldly counsel? And in verse 2, this is what we should be doing in a new year, church. Delight in the law of the Lord. Study the Word. Get into your Bibles. Listen, there are so many people who come to church who don't know their Bible. There are so many people who tell me, Brother Brandon, I don't have time to read my Bible. Well, what do you have time to do? You have time to watch TV? Do you have time to work? Do you have time to play? Do you have time to to ride your bike, exercise, visit? What do you have time to do? Because my Bible says I need to spend time in the Word. 
And if I don't spend time in the word, then I don't know what is godly counsel and what's worldly counsel. Because I, what did I say a while ago? We're not able to figure it out. If I don't read my Bible, if I don't see what God wrote down for us about what his ways are like, then I'm not going to know his ways. So delight in the law of the Lord and in the law, meditate on it day and night. Day and night, it says. Not just for a few minutes. Do you read one verse and call it your daily Bible reading? Do you just read it and not even know what it said? Do you, or do you dig into the Word of God? Do you run references? Do you spend time considering what the Lord is saying to me? Listen, it's easy to try to figure out what the Lord is saying to you. Right? What I need to be doing is reading my Bible trying to decide what the Lord is trying to say to me. How does this apply to my life? How am I breaking this covenant? How am I, how am I turning my face from God? Am I in any portion of my life, do I have it wrong? Am I in any way not following Jesus? You know what? There are so many people in this world right now. One of our biggest problems in this country, everybody wants a Savior, but nobody wants a Lord. We say it over, we say the, to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, but somehow we've forgotten the Lord part. Listen to me. And I'm fixing to say something just as hard as I just read from the book of Psalms. There is no in-between. If He's not your Lord, then He's not your Savior. Listen, you can't say, I'm going to be going to heaven to be with Jesus when He's not your Lord. If He's not God and he doesn't have any say in your life, and you do what you want, when you want, how you want, with no regard to the Lord Jesus Christ, he's not your Savior. And that's tough. I know it's tough. But it's not my job to say easy things. It's my job to say to a lost and dying world that Jesus is the only way to make him Lord of your life or you're going to go to hell. You are going to die. You're going to be separated from God and you're going to burn in hell for an eternity. That ought to scare everybody to death if you don't know Christ. If you're not in Christ, if you're not living for Christ and he's not Lord of your life, it ought to scare you to death. Because there is nothing worse than that. There is nothing worse than that. But to the Christian person, to the person who delights in the Lord, who delights in God's law, who and listen, as a Christian, I not I not think it's burdensome. <laughs> To do what God tells me to do. How do I see God's law? How do I see God's instruction in my life? Is it hard? Does that, oh, that chafes, that, I don't want to do that. That is not, I don't don't think that's going to be good for me. Or do I think God is God and God knows everything and God wants the best for me and God loves me and I want to do what God wants me to do because I want his blessing. How do we see it? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Listen, 
We are to be as Christians planted by the water. To have our roots deep in the soil. Deep into the word. Deep into Jesus Christ. So deep that we can't be shaken. So deep that no matter what we hear in our ear, we won't be shaken by that. No matter what the president says. No matter what, any, no matter what the preacher standing behind your pulpit one day may say. No matter what anybody says, each and every one of us who call ourselves Christians should have our roots so deep into Jesus Christ and so deep into the Word of God that everything that is not godly should immediately ring alarm bells in my mind. That that's not right. I didn't see that in my Bible. Where is that? Listen, where is that in my Bible? If I say something here today and you don't know where it is in your Bible... Come ask me, where is it in my Bible? I need to know. We need to study. We need to be aware of God's counsel. And if you do, you'll be steady, secure, as opposed to those who have ungodly counsel. It says that they're like the chafe blown in the wind, right? The the ungodly, the the non-Christians, the ones who don't root themselves into the Word of God, they just kind of float around when the wind blows. Now we know that to be true. Because if you look over the years, and we, we talked about a little bit already, uh, uh, 50 years ago it was okay to do this and not to do this. And now it's okay to do this but not that. And all through the years and through the ages, people change and they shift. And the, the ungodly counsel changes from this to this to this to this. But you know what doesn't change? is God. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't say, oh, and, and what do you do? What, how do you justify that in your mind? I've heard this over and over. Oh, but that's old. That's old stuff. That's 2,000 years ago. It's a different time and a different age. What are you saying? Are you saying that God woke up 2,000 years ago, had people write the Bible, but He didn't realize people were going to want to be gay one day? Is that what you're trying to tell me? That God didn't realize that people were going to not be able to get along with their spouse? Did you, I mean, what are you telling me? That God was just not, didn't have the foresight to know what was going to happen in 2,000 years? Then what you're telling me is He's not God. Because God knew. And listen, let, let me just, let me let you in on something else. There's nothing new under the sun. All these problems we're having today, they're not just our problems in 2024. They were happening 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, and 4,000 years ago. Anything that you see going on now was going on in Abraham's time. And they'll change like the wind. The world will change like the wind. They'll lead you this way and then they'll stop you short and they'll say, oh, but no, and they won't admit they're wrong, will they? They'll just just turn on a dime and start the other direction, leaving people wondering what's going on. I, I, I teach young people and these young people so often are like, what is going on? I don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm going in this I'm trying to do what everybody wants me to do. I'm trying to make everybody happy. I'm trying to make sure nobody makes fun of me on on uh, Facebook or whatever it is. I, I'm trying to, and then it just turns on me, and then I'm like, oh no, wait a minute, what am I supposed to do? No, I got to go this way. 
They're like the chafe. Listen, we've got to be rooted in the Word of God so that we don't get blown back and forth. And listen to verse 5. Therefore the ungodly shall stand... um, shall not stand in the judgment and they won't stand with the righteous. Listen, I started my sermon to say there are two kinds of people. Two places that we can go. Two destinies for each and every person in this room. Don't listen to the world that says that there are multiple ways to heaven. Don't listen to a world that says that if you just if you're just good enough if you're, you know, you're, you're as good as oh so-and-so down there at the church, you're bound to get to heaven. You know, there, there are multiple ways that you can get there. You know, the Muslims, oh, you know, I, I'm not a Muslim, but they believe in God. And, and the Jews, you know, I mean, we like the Jews, and we're conditioned to, we're supposed to, God, the Bible says to take care of the Jews. I believe that. It doesn't say that we're supposed to say they're going to heaven if they don't know Christ. The, the atheists even want to be able to go to heaven. They don't even know what heaven is. The ungodly are not going to stand in the judgment. Listen, each and every person, every, your neighbor, your child, your mother, your father, your spouse, your friend that's sitting next to you in the pews here at this church, your neighbor at your house, every person that you care about, is going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ one day. The judgment seat of God. And they're going to answer for their lives. They're going to answer. Listen, you know what they're going to answer to, first and foremost? They're going to answer to whether they accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's, the, that's what we're going to answer to ultimately. That's what, really what's going to matter. Did we make him Lord of our lives? Did we decide that we wanted to follow him, to live in him, to do his will, to do his bidding, to be his servant? Listen to me. To do what he says, not what I say. Not to follow my own will. Not to do what I want to do. Not to feel the pleasures that I want to feel. But to live out the purpose that God himself gave me through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to answer for. But the ungodly won't stand. They're going to lose their footing. But the godly, if you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, followed him in your life and did his will as best you could, made him, put him on the pedestal, not me. Don't put me on the pedestal. I put God on the pedestal. Put Jesus on the pedestal. Make him the most important thing in my life. And the authority in my life, then I'm rooted. I'm going to stand. He's going to give me the ability to stand in the day of judgment through his name, through his power, through his goodness and his righteousness that he's going to give to me only because by faith I gave him my heart. I gave him my life. And I trusted that he would know what to do with it. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Notice we're talking about ways again. Listen, we're not saved by our ways. We're not saved by works. But listen, the Bible is very clear. 
that faith without works is dead. That if you know Jesus, if you're in Christ, if he's in you, that we're a new creature. That I'm not the same as I used to be. I won't have the same wants and the desires. I won't want to live and walk in the counsel of the ungodly because I know there's something better now. Because he has put in my heart a better way, a new way, a righteous way, his way. Listen, if you don't know, and that's what it all comes down to here today, if you don't know that you know, if you're not absolutely positively sure that you've made Jesus the Lord of your life and you don't care, listen, that's how you know. Do I care? Am I trying to learn more about Him? Am I trying to serve Him? Am I making Him Lord? Do I want Him lifted up? Do I want Him glorified? If the answer is no, then you need Jesus. There are only two ways. There's nowhere in the middle. There's not a gray area church where I can say one thing and do another. There's not a gray area where I sit in a pew For an hour every week. And that's good enough. There is no gray area. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ today? Do you really know Him? And I can't do anything for you, but I'll stand right here and I'll pray with you. Come see me today. Can you you do us a song? Just, Just a moment. Listen. I want you all just bow your heads. Listen, talk to the Lord. If the Lord is working with you today, if he's he's pulling at your heart, if he's telling you something that you need to do, something isn't right, listen, listen to that. Don't turn your face away from it. Don't turn your heart away from the Lord. Listen to what he has to say. We do that here this morning. They're, listen, they're, we're not promised tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation.